February is the month of love, right? When I say that, some of you are like, yes, go love. (laughs) While others are like, oh man, I don't like this month. Or somewhere in between, which I get it. My birthday was supposed to be on Valentine's Day and praise Jesus, I was not born on that day because I've always not liked Valentine's Day. I did not need a reminder of being single. It was blatantly obvious. I did not need a whole month dedicated to like Hallmark cards, right? But today's episode is not about Valentine's Day, but more so about why it's actually the opposite of Hallmark, why Christian women have a chance to change the narrative of love and how you are so very loved. Before we dig in, I want to share this with you. This comes from Brooke, Winterbrook. It says, I love Sam's way to present truth and hard things without condemnation or condescension. She's genuine, authentic, and real in her approach to the Christian life and wants other women to live empowered. If you need that level of encouragement and validation, then this is the podcast for you. Thank you so much, Winter, for sharing this and commenting on Apple Podcasts because by this simple podcast, not only do you get a shout out on the episode, but it helps podcast Apple World know that we exist here in the Abundant Woman Collective. So thank you so much. And you, friend listening, if you wouldn't mind, take 30 seconds and leave your review. And then, hey, I'll read yours on the show too. All right, ladies, I can't wait to shower you with love this episode. So grab your coffee, your Bible, pen, probably some tissues, and let's dig in. The Abundant Woman Podcast is one that seeks to help women cultivate a faith that soaks into every single corner of their lives, changing them wholly and completely. Hosted by Samantha Siemens, founder of the Abundant Woman Collective, the podcast features conversations that uplift, encourage, challenge and empower women to step into true freedom in Christ. If you're ready to go all in with a Jesus-led life, step out of the overwhelm, anxiety, and stress of this world, and step into a life of freedom and abundance, then the Abundant Woman Podcast is for you. So I was chatting with my oldest daughter the other day, just having a fun, casual conversation. She's 10 years old, so it's usually pretty random. But I randomly asked her, like, hey, I'm going to do an episode, a podcast episode on love. What story do you think I should use from the Bible that shows us God's love? (laughs) And sweet grace, she hesitated a little bit, and then she was like, uh the story of Jesus being born and then like dying on a cross for our sins that we can go to heaven. And I was like, oh, touche, sis, touche. Before the record, I was thinking more like a story of a person because I was like, okay, God, let's let's dig into like a Bible story and let's talk about a, some, a person. And so for which I did explain, and she did explain that like she loves the story of the prodigal son. So I was like, oh, that's a good one. But my 10-year-old <laughs> is totally right. Let's recap the ultimate story of love first. First things first, right? So I'm just going to do it briefly. We have other episodes that have dug in a little deeper. And then, of course, we'll continue to dig in deeper to his sacrificial story. But let's start in Genesis. God made the earth. It was good. But in chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned. And sin then entered the world. But even then, in chapter 3, verse 15, 
God has a redeeming plan for us. Fast forward a whole lot of years, a whole lot of sin, a lot of repentance, a lot of punishment, and then enters the scene, Jesus. Jesus, born of a virgin as immaculate conception, meaning she was a virgin and then the Holy Spirit impregnated her. Yes, it's a whole story. I hope you've heard it. Um, Jesus is fully man and fully God. He is the one that God quotes in verse 3. I'm sorry, chapter three, verse 15, that he is the one who will trample on the serpent's head. That was quoted in Genesis. He is the good news. He is our redeemer. Because sin entered the world back in Genesis and because sin goes against God's character, friends, he is holy, like holy. There's no compromise here. Holy. The only response to sin is judgment. We see that judgment before Jesus enters the scene Because the problem is we are all sinners. We all deserve judgment for our sins. It's universal for you, for me, for every single person born. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. It doesn't just say some people or these people or this person. All means all, and that's all all means. (laughs) All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This would be a sad story if it didn't continue. And 24 says, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, except Jesus. But God, our two favorite words are now also except Jesus. Jesus is our hope. He is the perfect man who lived a sinless and blameless life. He is our savior. His work on the cross satisfied God's wrath. Jesus took the place and punishment on the cross that day as an innocent man He took our punishment for us and then finished it all by rising three days later. In December, we did an Advent series. And so if you're wanting to know more about the character of Jesus, the names of Jesus, I'd encourage you to rush back. I'll post in the show notes too, but go back to that episode. But because of his death and resurrection, we are free from guilt. We're free from the guilt of our sins forever through repentance. This is the grace that God has for us. This, my friend, is the first and ultimate true love story. Hallmark, Disney, Princess does not have nothing on this love story. Through many years of counseling, teenagers, women, doing ministry for women, and even meeting you, these listeners and women through the Abundant Women Collective community, we as women still discount or don't fully accept that his love is for us. It's this crazy phenomenon that I'm seeing again and again. The more I talk to women, the more it's evident. We don't fully accept his love for us, whether you're saved or unsaved, churched or unchurched. It's a universal need that I'm seeing. This isn't a hundred percent, but it's a, it's a present need. There's a gap between our voices saying that Jesus loves us, our minds knowing it, and our hearts actually believing it. We might say it, we might even know it, but do we truly believe it with every fiber of our being? Because if we do, I believe our posture changes. I believe our life changes. I believe the way we do life, the way we act around other people, it all changes because of his love for us, because of who we are in him. And some friends, I'm not ignorant to the fact that some of that, a lot of that is caused from outside circumstances, abuse, 
misuse of power, no loving examples or role models to demonstrate love, physical, sexual abuse, lack of confidence, the world doesn't love women. All of these are examples of why we view love through a skewed lens. And those reasons are valid. But I want to encourage you to listen to the rest of this episode today with fresh ears and a new mindset. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. A stinking men. Romans 6, 6 and 7. And Romans 6, 14, it says here, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, In Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has arrived. Praise God. It's one of my favorite verses. New creation. But Sam, we still sin. Yes, we do. But there is forgiveness through repentance. But for those of us who are seeing God's love through a lens of trauma, I want you to consider the verses that I just read in a new lens. The sin that happened to you, the abuse, the trauma, the lack of love, let's just call it sin, that happened to you, friends, we have the responsibility and we get to take that and lay that at his feet to put that on the cross as well. You can leave it there and then pick up your new identity and walk a different path. The old is gone. The new is here. That you can set down. And I encourage you to set that down today, especially as we start talking more about his love. Like it's so hard to fully embrace that when we have these baggages, these heavy, heavy things on us, but he wants you to surrender them today. He wants you to surrender all the junk that has come with life and pick up your new identity in Christ, pick up the new creation and leave the old one at the cross. I am challenging you to do that today, to lay it at the foot of the cross and pick up his love for you. Because friends, this love, it's foundational. It's core to everything we will continue to talk about and learn about. It's core to our being. It starts with our Abba Father loving us. You guys know I love me some Webster's Dictionary. So when I say holy, I mean holy, like uh, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That means entirely, fully, to the exclusion of other things. How cool is that? It means completely, utterly, and totally. All of those words can define and help us understand God's great love. I want to dig in to a few things, three things that I want you to remember about God's love. But first, I want you to know that he loves you not for being good, not for being clever, not for being pretty, or for going to church. He loves you, period. End of sentence, full stop. He loves you. He is love. God's love is not about who we are, but it's about who he is. And these three truths that I'm going to share with you now, they are so important for us to pick up every single day. These are part of our identity, part of him loving us, but well, we'll just dig in and then I'll talk more about them. Okay. So the first one, his love is unconditional without conditions. 
The thing about humans, <laughs> about us, is that we give love a bad name. Yes, that song. But also, we mess it up. We fail. We make it a conditional form of expression. We make it about feelings instead of facts. We love some people more. We don't love some people at all. I love Matt more when he does the dishes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's conditional based on some metric that we have set, right? There's a reason why we don't love people, some people, right? Like some people are me, we don't love them, whatever it is. But we are not God. Praise God, because I don't want to serve a God who sets metrics on us. Because God is without limits, without conditions, without if you do this, I'll love you more. If you don't do this, I won't love you less, right? In fact, that he is so good that he gave his own son to die while we were still sinners, He knows us. He sees us. He hears us. He knows our thoughts. And yet none of that scares him. It's like my human mind can't understand it. (laughs) He loves us. He does not diminish. He doesn't diminish his love for us based on works or merits. He doesn't, like I said, love you more because you go to church or less because you don't go to church. We all should want to go to church, but that has nothing to do with this love. He just loves you. It's this crazy, cool, crazy love concept that just takes some practice to get our head around it. Because it's a concept, like I said, that we're not familiar with. Like humans mess it up, but God does not mess it up. His love is perfect. In fact, he is literally the definition of love. It's it's so amazing. In 1 John 4.16, it says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. (sighs) Friends, that is just, it is so good. It's so good. It's a little hard to fully comprehend and we'll get there. But the second thing I want you to know is that you can't change his love, period. Full stop. Bad things can happen. You can do bad things. But his love does not change. It doesn't quit on you or me. It's everlasting. Everlasting. Take a deep breath. And let those two things soak in. His love is unconditional. And there's nothing we can do to change it. You cannot do anything to change his love for you. It's a fact. It's not an opinion. It is a fact. The past, the future, the current circumstances, none of that will change God's love for you. He loved you. It says, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. He loved you when you were a sinner and he loves you today. Like either scenario, if, then, and before, and now, and in the future, his love isn't conditional, like we said, on how much you love him, right? So like, I love my husband more because he loves me more. Like that doesn't sound right, <laughs> but I feel, I think I fell in love with my husband first or he, I can't remember who said it first, but that person saying it validated my feelings right for him. And so I grew more in love with him, but like God's love just is. He even loved you before you loved him. Isn't that crazy? His love is not conditional on how much you love him. I want you to hear that because some of our girls who have hurts and wounds, 
We think, man, if I don't love God a lot, then he doesn't love me a lot. And sis, that's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. You can grow in your love for him and he's going to love you regardless. Okay. It's a crazy kind of love. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. Hashtag facts. Facts over feelings. I think that's another post for another day. But your actions also cannot change his love. In fact, he is always ready to forgive when we are ready to repent because that's how much he loves you. No matter the sin, no matter the amount, he's ready to forgive us because he wants to be in relationship with us. Love. Usually, actually, we are the ones that usually will like sin, repent. And then if it's a sin that we are having trouble with, we're the ones that pick it back up. Or we allow the enemy to bring it back into our mind and cause doubt and strife. When really God says he throws it as far as the east is from the west, we have to lay it there. That's a freebie. (laughs) Um, In Romans, let's go there. I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, present or future, powers or height or death or anything else in all creation, not just people, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's Romans 8, 38 to 39. If you do not know that verse, I highly encourage you to memorize it because that is one that you, I just keep, I used to throw at the enemy, like back, back, can't get me full. <laughs> Number three, the third truth I want to share with you today is we can't understand it all. We are humans and he is God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve a God that is that small. Like that's so small that I can understand his ways. I can understand all the ways he loves me. I don't want to serve a God that is as small as human love because we mess it up. Remember, isn't it so cool that his love is actually so much bigger and greater than we can actually imagine? It's perfect. It's complete. It's big and great and forgiving and faithful. In fact, Lots of times when worry gets in the way or gets in my head or I'm worrying about people, my children, usually my husband, family, you know, like I'm worried about something, which worry is not a fruit of the spirit, by the way. It's when I'm not capturing all my thoughts. But when I'm worried about something, I remind myself that God loves that person and God loves that person more than I can possibly physically love that person. Isn't that crazy? He loves me. He loves that person. So whatever I'm worried about, I have to surrender and give it to God because that person is God's anyways. Just like I'm his, that person's his. And that makes me feel so much better because I'm like, God, I am so thankful that you love this person more than I can love them because I love them so much, you know? And so his love is complete. And whatever happens, he brings it all together for his glory anyways. So I just surrender that worry to him. So try that. If you're a person that worries about people, then I suggest trying that. The thing, the dog, the person, the friend, the spouse, whatever it is that you love the most in this world, like think of that person, that person just popped into your head. God loves them so much more. We can't even understand it. The apostle Paul describes the love that God has for us as that which surpasses human understanding. We literally don't understand it. Ephesians 3.19 says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Isn't that so cool? We can't understand it, but we get to experience it. We can't change it, but we get to experience it. 
we can't make conditions or make it change, yet we get to be the recipients of it. I am so thankful that we serve a God who loves us beyond measure, who loves you, knowing everything about you and still chooses to love you in an unconditional way. That is just, it's it's the best. Okay, friend, I... I'm going to read you a few more scriptures. And if you're listening and taking notes, just write the notes down real quick or the scripture and we'll go back to them. You'll see them posted on my social media as well. First John 3, 1 says, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Children of God. Ephesians 1.5 said he predestined us for adoption to find himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. We are children of God predestined for adoption. In Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, other versions say even when we were still sinners, right, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been. So good. Two more. Romans 5, 8 through 11. But God shows his love for us and that while we were sinners, again, Christ died for us. Since therefore, we have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath. Romans eight thirty five. This, girlfriends, we need to memorize too. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? Distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No, the answer is nothing can separate you from the love that God has for you. That's by your own doings or anything else's doings, okay? There was a season where I thought I was rebelling. There was a season where I was a checklist Christian, went to church, check. Did the things, check. I look good, check. There was even a season where I doubted God's love for me. Yet I walked through all of those seasons and asked all the questions that come along with walking through those seasons and always, always ended up feeling more confident in his love for me. And part of that is because I searched, I dug for answers. I did my scripture digging. I asked him to be gentle and show me, to give me grace and mercy and show me his love for him, for him that he had for me, excuse me. I, hmm, once I accepted his love for me again, all those times, right? Not, he didn't give it to me each time because it was already there. It was Sam accepting it. Like I had known it since I was a little girl, walked away from it, came back, doubted it, came back, right? But once I accepted it again, I believed it. I lived like it. I placed my identity in his love. And what came out of that place was the fruits of the spirit. It was the fruit of being completely, holy, utterly loved. Peace, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Obviously still working on a lot of those (laughs) because I'm human, but that's what came out of his love for me was those, that's how I could tangibly Feel it. And because of loving other people, but because of who I am in him, I can love like he has loved me. And I am super excited to talk more about that in the next coming weeks, because I want us to get this first. 
I want him to understand and feel and sit in his love for us. And then I don't want us to just soak in the love. I want us to pour it out. And so in the next week or so, we're going to talk about how we can tangibly pour out his love. Like once you get a hold of this love girlfriend, let me, let me, let me confidently share this with you. Once you get a hold of this love, not just the Jesus loves me for this I know song that you sing as a little girl, maybe, but the tangible experience of his love for you, the one that does not waver, it does not end, it does not change, it's everlasting and so strong and nothing you can do can change it. That kind of love, once you place your identity in his love for you, I promise you, your whole world changes and how you live life changes how you see people changes, how you'll do whatever it takes to love on other people so that they can then receive the love that God has for them, just like you felt it, it all changes. And I can't wait to dig into that because I love discipleship and I love, ah, when you get a hold of it, it's so good. I am super excited to talk about that. Okay, but let me leave you with two final little thoughts. One is I'm praying this over you, okay? I'm praying that you spend your day today, whenever you're listening to this episode, that you spend the day thinking of yourself the way Jesus, disciple John, homeboy John, our friend, referred to himself. How did he refer to himself? The one whom Jesus loves. I want you to to call yourself that today. I want you to think about it. I want you to re-narrate your thoughts that like, When something comes up, I'm the one whom Jesus loves. Or just say it all day long or write it out. Soak that in. I am the daughter who Jesus loves. So good. Also, I do want you to remember C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, says, though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. We're not trusting on feelings. We're trusting on facts. And facts, I can't grab my Bible, are scripture. (laughs) Uh, speaking of scriptures, if you haven't checked out our website yet, please do that. Theabundantwoman.co on the Abundant Woman website, I have, which I'll link below, but I have beautiful scripture cards and I designed these to equip and empower for memorizing scripture, but also to just uplift you. Download those, hang them in your bathroom, on your mirror, on the fridge, on your wall, on your children's walls, wherever you can and see them like daily. And then when you see them, stop and read them and let his words soak in you as you remind yourself who you are and whose you are in Christ. You can even get creative and for Valentine's Day, pass them out to girlfriends and write a little note on them and remind other women who they are in Christ. And then tag me in it, honestly, because I love seeing you guys do the things. I love when you guys message me and you're like, hey, I did this from the episode or this episode impacted me here or here's a picture of my scripture card in my wallet. Like, I love that, you guys. It is so good for my soul. So that is the call to action this week. That is the task is to soak in his love for you and then head to the website to download your scripture cards because they're really cute and you're going to love them. Friends, I cannot wait to continue digging into this topic with you. I am praying this blesses you. I am praying against the attacks of the enemy that he will not distract or cause doubt or cause insecurities with you, that you will soak in the identity of God's true love for you, sister. Until next time. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. 
Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you, building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.